Previously on Sammy Magic. In fact, reminds me of a time that I myself was in a powerless position, faced with an absolute evil. It was in 1992, Nakatomi Plaza was the place, and there was a fancy German type. His name was Hans Gruber. He thought that the fortune and fame would be fun, but after the fifth time being awoken by Richard Maddow's camera clicking brightly in his face, did Sammy finally realize this wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. There was an entirely new Sammy magic being crafted in the minds of the students of Wizard Harvard, and Sammy couldn't control it. He didn't know who he was anymore. But one day, he was awoken. Awoken to a massive impact, hitting him straight in the chest. He stumbled up with a gasp before looking down in his hands to discover a football. He saw none other than Dr. Touchdown, Ollie Goodsport, walking his way. It's time to play ball. Okay, no, 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 wait, um... Yeah, I I know, like, every episode begins with the spooky music, but I think this one needs a little bit of a different vibe, if you get my drift. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first exhibition game in this year's Wizard Football season, as the Lionhearts are facing off against one another to test their grit ahead of the upcoming season. What do you think about it, Cotton? Well, you know, the Lion Arts have always been a phenomenal team, and it's due to the fact that they practice just about every day, Cotton. It's phenomenal. That's right. Tonight we are seeing shirts versus skins. Dr. Touchdown, Ollie Goodsport himself playing on the skins team while the shirts are what appears to be practically everybody else. Well, let's get down to the action. Dr. Touchdown Ollie Goodsport was in phenomenal display today. He was showing everything that he had to offer. Whether those were jukes, jives, or dodges, he was running up and down the field like crazy. But of course, this is not Dr. Touchdown in the Scary Snake Room. No, this is Sammy Magic in the Scary Snake Room. And Sammy was on phenomenal display. After months of fame, months of fortune, and months of being completely hounded by his classmates, it was finally time for him to return to what he knew best, football. Primarily catching that bronzed falcon that soared through the air majestically. And while the falcon in its first return to the field since last year was wily, Sammy still managed to connect with it every ounce of the way, but it still managed to elude his grip. You see, Sammy's new wooden arm may have allowed him to cast spells without aid of a wand, but unfortunately it did not make for a great falcon-catching hand. His falconer's glove, unfortunately, wasn't able to fit over the wood, but it didn't matter. He was inches away from the bronzed falcon playing at its feathers when suddenly... A bright light crashed into the face of Sammy Magic, causing him to turn sideways and begin spinning towards the earth violently. Every few seconds more, bright flashes would appear, preventing him from getting any sort of advantage trying to right himself. And eventually, Sammy found himself colliding with the ground. 
He looks up to discover the source of the flashing and discovers none other than Richard Maddow running towards him, flashing that camera over and over again. Oh, Sammy, I'm so sorry about that. I just wanted to get some pictures for the uh, the uh, the school paper. You see, I thought everyone would really want to see Sammy Magic finally back in action at Wizard Football after what had to have been an arduous year. Could I actually get a, a few quotes from you for the paper? Please stay away from me. Sammy comments, trying to stand back up, his body battered, but luckily not broken. His broomstick had lost a few bits of straw on the end, but otherwise he knew it was still safe as well. I'm sorry, I believe someone else reserved the field this evening. Sammy turned around to a very familiar voice where he saw Barry Snakeman waiting on him. What are you doing here, Snakeman? Well, the same thing you're doing here, getting ready to play a little football, if you know what I'm saying. And, as our new seeker, I am proud to say that tonight, practice is reserved for the rude boys. What are you talking about? No, we signed this field out weeks ago. I've been waiting for this moment for months. Yes, but we've had a few talks with Alan Rickman and the rest of the school, and they said, since you do so well at wizard football, that it's really only fair that the rude boys get the pitch for the evening. Yeah, absolutely not, big man. The reason that the Lionhearts are so good at this is because they practice each and every day. Believe me, I know. I go to every practice. Sammy turns around to discover Greg and Harmony joining him. Yeah, they're right. The reason we're good is because we practice. Uh, You're setting us up for failure if you take this pitch away from us. Well, take it up with Grumblebum. Don't take it up with me. Or how about this? We play you for the pitch. Both teams still get practice, and at the end of the day, we get to know what to expect from the other team going into the season. While Sammy had conclusively checkmated Barry Snakeman with that logic, Barry knew how well the Rude Boys fared in their battles against the Lionhearts. That is to say, not well. No, I've told you, take it up with Grumblebum. We don't have to fight for nothing. This is our field, and this is where we deserve to be. So, Sammy, why don't you take your little Brooklyn boyfriend and that filthy little out of here? These words caused Greg and Harmony to recoil in shock before Harmony had tears playing at the edges of her eyes. She tried to keep up that proud silence, that proud strength that she was known for, but those words cut immediately to the quick, and tears began to fall like rain down her face. Even the rest of the rude boys looked at Barry Snakeman somewhat with shock, but there were still a few nervous giggles in the background at what he had said. Barry, I know what you're doing. You're playing your little tough guy act. You're trying to be the bad guy here so you look impressive in front of your new team. But you and I both know you just went too far. Barry did know that he had went too far. Barry didn't know where that word had come from. He had learned it from his father. He knew it was a derogatory term, but he also knew that it was getting him attention. He knew everyone was staring at him in that moment, and whether it was good or bad, that's all Barry Snakeman had ever wanted. So instead of apologizing like he knew he needed to in his heart, Barry doubled down. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm the one telling the truth, and suddenly I become vilified? 
That's the problem with all of you lion hearts. Just let anybody in, except anybody. Let let a filthy into this place. But I'm the one to speak the truth. I'm a real wizard. I come from a real wizarding family. And just because this read a couple of books, suddenly she gets all of the attention. The tears continued to flow, but now Harmony knew she couldn't be here anymore. The hate was piercing through her heart, and she couldn't handle it anymore. And she broke down, and she ran across the field, escaping away. There, go on, Ginger. Chase after your little girlfriend. How about that? I can't believe you. Greg commented as he grabs Sammy and the duo rush after Harmony as Barry turns around to the rest of the rude boys who look for a moment like they're about to penalize him for his words before they all burst into laughter. Oh yeah, that'll show a snips and snails comment together as they rush towards Barry and give him high fives, but Barry knew those high fives were very much unearned. I... I don't understand, Sammy comments as they rush after Harmony, attempting to see where she ended up at. What even was that word? Greg pauses in his stride before turning to look at Sammy. It's a word for people who come from non-magic families. Uh, of course, you know Harmony, her parents never had any abilities, her grandparents, no one. It was literally just due to the fact that the girl's damn smarter than all of us. And for some reason, a lot of people think she don't belong here because of that. There's a lot of messed up stuff in the wizarding world. There's a lot of beautiful stuff, too, but... Yeah. That's horrible. I mean, for the rest of us, you gotta say we got lucky. We were lucky to be born from families without these kind of abilities. She chose this. Exactly. So now you understand when idiots like Snakeman says crap like that, it hurts. Because she chose to be here. She chose to work for this, and still, she gets derided. At that moment, they turn a corner and they discover where Harmony had ended up at. Sitting underneath that beautiful, talking tree known as Ivy, whose branches were leaning down and handing her a cup of tea and pouring milk into it. I'm sorry that I don't have much more to offer. This is all I have. They really called you that? Ivy comments as Harmony wipes a tear away from her face. Yes, um, I I know I shouldn't let it hurt me, but it it does. Well, you don't have to worry about them here, dear. Just drink your tea, sit down, and I'll take care of you until you're ready to go back. Even if that's decades. I mean, I am a tree. I'm going to be around for a while. Harmony laughs quietly at Ivy's small joke as Sammy and Greg walk up to her. Are you okay? Greg comments, rushing towards her as Ivy begins to prepare more cups of tea for the new arrivals. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be okay. It's just, it's one of those things that take you off guard, you know? I, I expected to hear it from the adults, but hearing it from one of our own seems a little bit off. Yeah, I get that. What are you three doing out here? Aren't you supposed to be in class? I don't know, probably, Greg returns as the bear walks up to them, sitting down with them. Hey, big famous man, can I have your autograph? He says, nudging Sammy, who shoots him a glare before busting up into laughter. So, seriously, what's going on? And with that, the trio tell the bear of what had happened. 
The trio tell the bear of all of the things that happened on the pitch, and in fact, they began to tell him of things that hadn't even happened recently. Sammy unleashing different tales of feeling exhausted, having to be the quote-unquote son of Gandalf now. Harmony talking about trying to earn her spot in this school, earn the respect that she knew that she had deserved, and Greg even opening up for the first time about how sad he felt not making the wizard football team that year. But with enough patience and enough time and enough of Ivy's delicious tea, they were able to sit down and actually have a nice evening. All of what had happened suddenly faded away and they were allowed to enjoy the one thing they knew how to enjoy. Each other. Their time together. Everything else they knew was fleeting. Becoming a famous wizard football star, being the smartest kid in class, or whatever the hell it is that Greg does, it would all fade away, but this friendship was important. This friendship would be forever. And that moment, sitting underneath a non-binary asexual tree who makes a hell of a good cup of tea, and talking to their friend who was a giant furball with a Russian accent, it was... A moment that they looked back on numerous times throughout their school years, because no matter how many times things got tough, they always remembered sitting there underneath Ivy. Because later that night, things took a turn for the worse. Sammy was sitting in the office of Gandalf, opening his various fan mail before wrapping up a pre-signed 8x10 and sending it back to them. Sammy suddenly heard something. Not unlike what he would hear when the voice of evil Douglas would pierce through his mind, but this time, the voice was not in his mind, it was in the walls. Sammy. Sammy. They're all going to die. Sammy grabbed at his skull, trying to rip his ears out of place, trying to remove it from his mind. But the voice continued, suddenly soaring all around his body. Sammy, you cannot stop me. My revenge will be complete. The voice was more ominous than that of evil Douglas. The voice was less kind. The voice spoke like it already had blood pouring from its lips. And suddenly a scream pierces through his ears, not through the walls, but from the hallway outside. And when he rushes out, he discovers Gina Ginger staring up in horror. And as Sammy looks up to meet her gaze, he sees the cat of groundskeeper William hanging from a nearby lantern, swinging back and forth ominously. And as that cat swung back and forth, it cast a shadow on a wall, a wall with a message written in the blood of that cat, which read, The chamber has been opened. Death is coming to you all. Beware the air of
Thank you for listening to the mini adventures of Sammy Magic, produced by the BS Network and performed by Scotty Moore. Many thanks to Orion Ibert of the Lavender Lemonade Collective for our album art, and massive thanks to Umbria for the use of their music. This week's sorting ceremony will be performed for one of our biggest patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right, Ransom Meltzer. And to Ransom, you are a man of wisdom and a man of wit. You're quick with a joke or to light up your smoke, but there's some place that you'd rather be. Sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing it. I'm sorry, I got off. I got way off track on that one. But yes, your wisdom, your wit, and your intellect means only one thing. That's right, Ransom Meltzer. It's your destiny. It is your truth, and it is your home. Ransom, you are a big nerd. <laughs> Now, if you would like to have your own sorting ceremony, you can, of course, get it by donating at patreon.com slash a load of BS, or just pick up you some Sammy Magic merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com and send a picture of you rocking it, wearing it, doing whatever to us on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That is S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And as always, remember The Many Adventures of Sammy Magic is a work of complete and total parody, which means you can't sue me.